ESPN Radio. What's good, brothers and sisters? You got Freddie Cohen, that's me, Amber Wilson, that's her, part of ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, Series X and Channel 80, as well as TuneIn, presented by Progressive Insurance. And I can say I know where to begin, but Amber with the National Football League, I have no clue anymore. I've completely have given up. The three biggest sports in the country right now are the NFL, college football, and the NFL offseason. We were having our show meeting, minding our own business. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman, Shannon Penn, our producer, and Shannon, and this is on you, Shannon Penn. I'm putting this on you right now. We got the news that a potential trade could be in the works with Tyreek Hill going from the Chiefs out of the Dolphins or the Jets. And, and Shannon, his infinite wisdom, Amber said, you know what, Freddie, at least this is happening now. Nothing's going to happen before the show starts at 3 p.m. Eastern time. And Amber and I looked at him and said, now nah, you've done it. Not even 30 minutes later, Amber, we get the trade, Tyreek Hill on his way to Miami for five draft picks, and he gets a four-year, $120 million contract, guaranteed money, to be the highest-paid player and wide receiver in the National Football League. Not just a trade, but a blockbuster trade, which has been the story of this week for us. Every time we map out what we might talk about on this show in advance, (laughs) by the time Showtime actually rolls around, it looks like a very different story. Freddie, the NFL offseason feels like the NBA offseason to me now, right? Like, it's that fun. Because we didn't used to see all these splashy pieces, all these huge names be traded, in particular, around the NFL. And now we're seeing blockbuster trades left and right. It's so, so fun. It makes the NFL just that much better for America's number one sport. And by the way, you live in Miami, so you know the Dolphin fan base. You know the Dolphin organization. And now Tua Tungabailoa. I don't want to use the word pressure. That may not be the best used word. It's gone beyond pressure now. When you got Tua Tungabailoa, who is not exactly the darling down there among Dolphins fans, among Dolphins media, among anybody else. I don't think the word pressure applies to Tua Tungabailoa. I don't know what word I can use. But it's definitely beyond pressure on him with now all these weapons, adding that weapon and Tyreek Hill, a brand new coaching staff. And this is his final year. And you made that point for the show got started that yeah, if Tua can't get it done this year, they're finding another quarterback. And people wanted them to find another quarterback even long before this year involving Tua Tonga Bailoa. The pressure was going to be on him anyways on his third year in the league, but this is moves meant to put that added pressure on him because they have to figure out what they have with Tua, and they've made some offseason moves to help them figure that out. So now it's time for Tua to step up to the plate. Basically, Freddie, this offseason so far for Dolphins fans, we came into the offseason. They had the most cap space in the NFL. They had a lot of draft capital in the next couple drafts, and you thought that they'd be big spenders, splashy spenders right away. And they made some moves that were necessary. They brought in a couple running backs and Edmonds and Mostert, and they added Cedric Wilson at the wide receiver position, right? They brought yeah. in Teddy Bridgewater as a backup quarterback. I mean, they made some necessary moves, but nothing was really splashy. Nothing was really exciting that Miami fan base yet. Then within the last 24 hours, Teron Armstead, a guy who on most free agent lists of the top free agents left in the NFL was at the very, very top. They bring in him to anchor an atrocious <laughs> O-line that did a terrible job the last two years protecting Tua Tungvaloa. And how do you evaluate a quarterback when he's spending a huge majority of the time on his back? And so now Teron Armstead, who has some durability concerns, but beyond those concerns, that's it. If he is healthy and he is on the field, there ain't no concerns with Teron 
Armstead. There was a lot of concerns with Liam Eichenberg playing that left tackle position last season. In his rookie year, they get to move Liam Eichenberg back over to right tackle, which is where he played in college. And Teron Armstead can now anchor that line and give Tua that much-needed protection. And now enter Tyreek Hill, who becomes the highest-paid wide receiver in NFL history. Sorry, Devontae Adams, you only held that title for a few minutes. Now it's Tyreek Hill, a huge weapon for Tua Tungavaloa. So now the pressure is 100% on. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus giving you that straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. More big news in the National Football League. Tyreek Hill traded for five draft picks to the Miami Dolphins from the Kansas City Chiefs. Four-year, $120 million extension. Over $72 million of that guaranteed. We talk about Tua Tungavailoa. And Tua, don't look at Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman weird because we talk about the word pressure on you. You can also look weird at Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL Insider, who said this is all on you, Tua, to make this work. When we look at the Dolphins and the Jets, I think there were similar formulas in play in both instances, right? You have two teams with young quarterbacks that both franchises are trying to develop. And they're trying to give each of those quarterbacks every advantage that they could have. So Miami is basically saying to a quarterback who they believe has the chance to grow into a good quarterback who's accurate, we're going to surround you with all sorts of firepower. We're going to give you every advantage that you need at the quarterback position to play well. We're going to trade for Tyree Kill. We're going to land some of those other names that we talked about. And now they expect Tua Tungabailoa to rise up and to play with all these weapons around him and to keep the Dolphins in the playoff hunt. I'm going to use the word Amber sensitive when it comes to Tua Tungabailoa because he has shown so far in his young NFL career he can't deal well with pressure especially external pressure. Didn't have to worry about that at Alabama, golden boy there. Didn't have to worry about that playing high school football in Hawaii, golden boy there. He has not had a chance to be a, the golden boy with the Miami Dolphins, even though he went 6-3 and three his rookie season. I'm going to use the word sensitive because if he was sensitive dealing with all of that before this season, that thick skin better really get thicker and thicker or show off a tour of tongue of Iloa because people do not want to hear any kind of excuses if you're not able to make this work to the effect that it should work getting another weapon to go with Gasicki and Waddle and all those dudes with Miami that can make this offense really special if the quarterback plays special when it comes to Tua Tungabailoa. I won't agree with you there, Freddie, that he doesn't have thick skin because I do think Tua has had a very difficult situation that he entered into when he entered the league. Yes, he had it easy at Alabama and it worked out well for him, but he has not had it easy at all with the Miami Dolphins. He had Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, looking over his shoulder, breathing down his neck, starting over him, unseating him during the season in his rookie season with all the pressure coming in, of course, as the fifth overall pick. And then in his second season, you had Deshaun. Watson rumors hanging over him the entire season long not to mention that he was coming off of the major hip injury at a college and that fact that he had a terrible O-line so he was getting hit after hit after hit and often playing through injury and then missed time this past season as well there has been a lot of adversity that Tua has faced but now we're at a place where they make this trade for Tyreek Hill they give up a first a second a fourth in this draft then a fourth and a sixth in the 23 draft what they didn't give up Freddie that's notable to me is they have two first rounders in that 2023 draft they didn't touch those in this trade and I have always said since the day they got those two first rounders in 2023 I have always said that is their backup plan that is their plan to address Tua in 2023 because they will know by then 
what they have in him, which is after this season, okay. and they'll be able to fully evaluate it. And if they feel like they missed on him, they'll either draft a quarterback or trade those two first rounders for somebody who's already proven in the league. This is to his last chance, in my opinion. And especially the Miami Dolphins, let's be honest, they have not been to the Super Bowl since the first Ace Ventura movie. So this should be all in getting playmakers in modern football because you can't just out scheme people and think that's going to work. And yes, New England Pages, I'm talking to you and I'm talking to you, Bill Belichick. They say, hey, Tua, we want to believe in you. We want you to believe in yourself a little bit more. You may not have had the opportunity, according to you and, and Tua Tungavailoa with supporters. We get it. But now you don't have any kind of excuse because this was all about not just winning this division. This is all about competing in the AFC. This is all about rising the level in the AFC when it comes to Miami Dolphins. And if he can't deal with that pressure, to, to be honest with you, Amber, we're going to find out sooner than later when it comes to Tua. There's not going to be something that by game 17 they're going to have a decision. I believe the Miami Dolphins will know sooner than later when it comes to Tua Tungavailoa being able to make all this work with that kind of weaponry and a new coaching staff that's going to put this in place and play, place this at his feet to see how he can deal with it and if he can make it work. My biggest nightmare as a Dolphins fan is ending up in a situation again like we were in for seven years with Ryan Tannehill where oh every single season we asked ourselves – is Ryan Tannehill any good? And we can never really answer the question because he didn't have a good enough team around him. And then he goes to Tennessee. And and listen, I think people still wonder if Ryan Tannehill is very good. But, sure. but you know he is good enough when the right team is around him. And so maybe that's what Tua ends up being. But at least now they are putting the right team around him. They are committing to the pieces. And that will help them evaluate their quarterback. You can hit her on Twitter, Amber W790. She's Amber Wilson. Freddie Coleman. Even on Twitter, Coleman ESPN, part of ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. You can weigh in at triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. The pressure to a tongue by Loa in Miami having all these weapons. You can weigh in at triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. And speaking of this trade, ESPN NFL analyst Ryan Clark will share his thoughts on the March Madness, not known as college basketball, but the NFL offseason, especially Tyreek Hill. Now remember the Dolphins. That's in fifteen minutes. And is the run over in the AFC for the Kansas City Chiefs? We'll talk about that after this from eBay. When a part of your offense is not firing on all cylinders, it shows. Maybe it's a drop ball. Maybe you just can't work your way down the field. When this happens, the only solution is to replace that part with something better. It's the same with your car. But unlike in sports, a new batch of car parts can't be drafted every year. That's why eBay Motors exists. They have all the right parts at the right prices. In fact, eBay Motors has 122 million parts. Whew, that's a lot. That way you can get the parts you need to make your car a winner. eBayMotors.com. Let's ride. Before we get to the Kansas City Chiefs, and is the run over for them? Now that Tyreek Hill has moved on or pushed out of the way because Kansas City said you can make your own trade. And 30 minutes later, it happened. He's on his way to Miami. We'll talk about that in a couple of seconds. But Ryan in New York at 888-729-3776 has this about the trade with the Dolphins getting Tyreek Hill for five draft choices. Ryan in New York, what you got, my friend? Hey, what about uh, them acquiring Jimmy G and move on from two and out? I like quick questions like that, Amber. Quick, right to the point. Ryan was concise. He, you know, and concise. Some people don't know what concise means, even though it's only seven letters. Ryan clearly understood exactly. I want an answer to this question. And it's funny you mentioned that, Ryan, because Amber and I talked about this before the show got started. And I had mentioned if you are the Miami Dolphins, do you kick the tires on the guy? And Jimmy Garoppolo going into the final year of his contract, he's going to be owed $24 million plus. Cap hit is $26 million plus. And Amber Wilson said, uh-uh, Freddie, that ain't happening. 
I don't think now it's an interesting proposition because of course the connection there between Mike McDaniel and Jimmy Garoppolo. The problem is, first of all, there's questions around Garoppolo, particularly when it comes to durability. So I don't really want Miami to take on those questions. Although I think Jimmy G is a better quarterback than he gets credit for with the success that he's had in San Francisco, that durability issue and with the O-line woes that this team has had, I don't love that match. But also I think you might run into a contract issue. Now you were paying Tyreek Hill a lot of, money (laughs) and it works when you have a quarterback on a rookie deal it's more complicated when you're talking about a Jimmy Garoppolo that would be a 27 mil cap hit this season and then you would have to pay him after this season for for those reasons I think you fully evaluate Tua again is Tua better than Jimmy G I mean it's entirely possible the Jimmy G ceiling isn't outlandish we're not talking we're not comparing him to Patrick Mahomes could he be better than Jimmy Garoppolo I I mean the answer to that could probably be yes let's find out if he is we'll find that out this season speaking of the trade Stephen Wade hit us on Twitter Coleman ESPN and at Amber W790 saying I don't know about you guys but I feel like the Chiefs won this trade they got five picks including Miami's first and second round picks in this year's draft this is a good receiving class, and they can add to the defense. And also reports are also out there that they're going to entertain Valdez Scantling, the former wide receiver, maybe soon to be former wide receiver of the Green Bay Packers. All this comes down to this question, and for my money, they are still the team to beat in the AFC West. I get it. Everybody has done this. The Chargers over here, the Denver Broncos over there, the Buffalo Bills here, the Miami Dolphins today. But I'm a firm believer that this team, they don't miss usually Amber on draft picks. They usually find those guys, whether it's early or late, and they're able to make that work. Of course, having number 15 in red can solve a lot of problems when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. That's nothing against anybody else. It's not a big gap. I don't think it's ever been a big gap between the Chiefs being the best team in the AFC West, Amber, compared to everybody else. But until I actually see it in a playoff situation, taking down that team for my money, the road through the AFC still goes through Kansas City no matter what happened today with that trade of Tyreek Hill. I don't have a problem with that at all. And here's the reality of where the Chiefs sit, Freddie. They're now in that second phase of Patrick Mahomes' career where they hit on that pick. You mentioned they're pretty darn good at doing that. They hit on that pick with a generational quarterback. And when he was on a rookie deal, they were able to afford a lot of pieces around him. That man earned his money, though. He earned the $45 million a year. That's what happens when you hit on a, on a pick like that at that position. So they paid him the money that he deserved. And now because of that, they're going to be more cash-strapped in other areas and have to make some of these tough decisions. Right. It seemed like for a moment they were actually going to be able to reach a deal with Tyreek Hill this offseason. Apparently they were closer at one point than they maybe expected to be with Tyreek Hill. But then, of course, Devontae Adams goes and resets the entire receiver market. And Tyreek Hill asking price and his negotiation negotiating tactic changes and rightfully so. So now the chiefs reload with draft picks. And this is what happens when the quarterback ends up on a really expensive second contract. The chiefs are doing the right thing though, by reacting to that and loading up now and kind of shifting their focus here as they transition into this next phase of Patrick Mahomes' career. By the way, the Chiefs' odds to win the Super Bowl Caesar Sportsbook grew from plus 850 to plus 900, while their odds to win the AFC now are plus 500 from plus 400. Here's the one thing that we're going to find out about this trade, and I don't question anybody, whether you're represented or not represented by anybody, trying to get paid, trying to get your paper, trying to get your your cheese in the National Football League or any sport. If you can get it, if somebody's going to pay you that kind of money, Tyreek Hill, $72.2 million in guarantee money, go get it, young fella, go get it. But we're going to find out how much of a difference maker Tyreek Hill was or did Patrick Mahomes make him the cheater. 
We're going to find out because it's one thing to do what he was able to do. And I thought it was very interesting that the Kansas City Chiefs not only chose a guy like Patrick Mahomes or a guy like Chris Jones, who was going to make $29.5 million as a defensive lineman. They also chose Amber Travis Kelsey over Tyreek Hill. They looked at Tyreek Hill and said, we love you as a cheater. We can find guys to replace you. Maybe not production-wise, but it'll be enough to spread the ball around more Patrick Mahomes. A guy like Travis Kelsey, if you want to say Tyreek Hill doesn't grow on a tree, neither does a guy like Travis Kelsey. Those guys are not just there. You just pluck from the tight end tree and you replace that guy. We're going to find out how much of an effect Tyreek Hill either had on the Kansas City offense or how much of an effect that Patrick Mahomes had on Tyreek Hill. We're going to find out big time with him no longer being a member of that team and now having Tua Tungabailoa as his quarterback. Yeah, did Tyreek Hill make Patrick Mahomes look better? Did Patrick Mahomes make Tyreek Hill look better? Do they both happen to just be absolutely phenomenal and they both happen to be in the exact same place for those years? <laughs> it's possible. We're going to get a lot of answers. Listen, it ain't going to look that even if Tyreek is as good as Tyreek looks like he is when mm-hmm. he, during his time in Kansas City, it's not going to look the same with Tua throwing him the football at first, right? I mean, right. I think the expectations have to be somewhat tempered there. No one is suggesting that Tua right now is Patrick Mahomes. But I still think that we'll have that opportunity to evaluate that greatness. And it'll be obvious also if Tyreek has been lifted up or if Patrick Mahomes has been lifted up. Hopefully what we'll find out is that they're both really, really, really good football players. Here are the quarterbacks in the AFC. I'm just going to list them from East Division, not alphabetically. Buffalo, Josh Allen. New England, Mac Jones. Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. Cincinnati, Joe Burrow. Cleveland, Deshaun Watson. Indianapolis, Matt Ryan. Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence. Tennessee, when it comes to Ryan Tannehill. Denver, Russell Wilson. Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes. Las Vegas, Derek Carr. Los Angeles, Justin Herbert. I can't recall a collection of quarterbacks like this in my life. And I'm an old man, Amber. And I can't even recall a collection just in one conference. We're not talking about the NFL. We're talking about one conference. And Kansas City with a guy, Patrick Mahomes, said, you know what? Tyreek Hill, go about your business. See if you can help Tua Tungabailoa. We believe anybody we put with that guy is going to make it work. This would not have happened, Amber, 15, 20 years ago, where you tell a guy like Patrick Mahomes that we're going to trade Tyreek Hill to move on from him and you'll be able to figure it out and have a Patrick Mahomes going, yeah, you're right. That wouldn't have happened, Amber, 15, 20 years ago. But in modern NFL football, when you got a collection of quarterbacks like that in a loaded AFC, Kansas City felt comfortable enough to say, we love Tyreek Hill but not enough to make him the highest paid wide receiver in the National Football League. Well, that's what's so important here, because let's not pretend, though, Freddie, I think it is important for people to realize Kansas City did try to hang on with Tyreek Hill. They have been negotiating all offseason with Tyreek Hill, and he also, for a period of time, was trying to stay there. Adams resets the market, and Kansas City can afford him. And you mentioned the Travis Kelsey thing. Yes, that's interesting, but Travis Kelsey's cap hit is much, much lower than Tyreek Hill's was going to be, and it's backloaded, so it does doesn't even get bad really until 2025, until the end of his contract. So that all factors into this. And this is what happens when a quarterback makes $45 million. You mm-hmm. just can't keep everybody together unless you're Tom Brady and you're willing to always restructure your contract and always take a little bit less, which we just saw Brady do again with Leonard Fournette. He has been willing over and over and over in his career to do that, which is why he has been playing on dynasty teams. Mm-hmm. And I don't blame Patrick Mahomes one bit if he's unwilling to do that same thing because he he has also earned every dollar, and so it's up to him. 
Amber Wilson and Freddie coming together on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80. Tune in as well as ESPN Plus. Hit us up anytime you want at Coleman ESPN and at Amber W790. All this part of Straight Talk. Thanks to Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Something you just said that really kind of resonated in my ear, in, t- in my mind as well, as in terms of this whole thing with the trade and Tyree Kill wanting to stay there, wanting not to stay there. Can you imagine if the NFL had no salary cap like Major League Baseball? Can you imagine what the NFL off-seasons would look like where you don't have to worry about any luxury tax, any constraints in your finances? It would be a bloodbath in the National Football League, keeping players, not keeping players. As great as the NFL off-season has been, people should be really thankful that there is an NFL salary cap to keep this kind of competition going on in the National Football League. Because if there was no salary cap, it'd be a bunch of haves and have-nots, and that would be awful for the National Football League. Jerry Jones would be out of control, I feel like, if we had no salary cap <laughs> yeah. in the NFL. Can you imagine? I mean, we're talking about $45 million or $50 million for Aaron Rodgers a year, and it sounds like a lot of money, or 230 guaranteed to Deshaun Watson. It sounds like a lot of money. Can you imagine what those guys would make in a non-salary cap sport? It oh would blow goodness. our minds. It would. By Scott Beecham about the Kansas City Chiefs still being the team to beat. The AFC hit us on Twitter at Coleman ESPN at Amber W79. He says, Hell no, Freddie. Kansas City might not make the playoffs. They lost Tyree Kill and losing their best defensive player in Tyron Matthew. They'll be bound for third in their division. Scott, you're completely mad out of your mind. Are you actually trying to tell me that the Chiefs are going to be behind the Raiders and potentially the Broncos and the Chargers? Did you see the Chargers in the, the year last year? Their coach is playing fantasy football out there and making the wrong kind of decisions. You're going to tell me that you're going to trust somebody over Andy Reid. In that division, Kansas City is not going to be battling for third in their division. The Chargers, man for man, in my opinion, may have the most talent in that division from that standpoint. But until I actually see it, Scott, I'm not buying that from that standpoint, Amber. I'm not buying that the Kansas City Chiefs are battling for third in that division. Maybe second, but not We also don't have answers right now on Tyron Matthew. So that's, that's true. a leap there. Yeah, right? that, and they, who knows? Very time. well could back, be back in Kansas City. No doubt about that. Amber Wilson, that's her. Freddie Cohen, that's me on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN+. Plus. We're going to use the words stake when it comes to Tua Tungabailoa and also impact as well. Keep it here on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. ESPN Radio. Once again, massive news this NFL offseason. Star receiver Tyreek Hill's time with Chiefs is over. He's worth every cent that he got because someone will give it to him. Tyreek Hill was a fifth-round pick. I mean, consider that. Along with Amber Wilson, I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average. All you got to do is call or click today. Always hit us up on Twitter at Coleman ESPN and at Amber W790. I can't wait to get the thoughts of Ryan Clark, who played safety in the National Football League. Does a great job as an ESPN NFL analyst because, Ryan, the three most important sports in this country, the NFL, college football, and the NFL offseason. Another layer today involving Tyreek Hill on his way to Miami for five draft picks going back to the Kansas City Chiefs, including a first and second rounder this year. Ryan Clark, the floor is yours. Go. I mean, about the floor being mine, man. I mean, it's a... This is what the off season has been about. You know, teams are are, are doing what they can uh, to get better, and other teams are understanding what the landscape of business is like. Obviously, with seeing what Devontae Adams was able to get in Las Vegas, Tyreek Hill felt like he's on par with him. He's that caliber of receiver, the same as a DeAndre Hopkins in Arizona. And I think the 
Kansas City Chiefs didn't value him at that rate, but did understand that trading a wide receiver right now at the top of his game as Tyreek Hill is could get you a huge, a huge haul in the trade market. And, you know, I'm sure they believe when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes with the ability of young wide receivers to now acclimate into the NFL very quickly, as we've seen the Justin Jeffersons and the Jamar Chases, even guys like T. Higgins and Michael Pittman Jr., who weren't drafted in the first round, and having an Andy Reid uh, and a Patrick Mahomes, that you can find another wide receiver to make plays, especially with those extra picks. I think one team is building for the future um, and, and plans to continue to be good throughout. Another team needs to see if they have a young quarterback who can be the franchise guy. And when you look at what he's now been surrounded with, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, that is, in Miami, there is no, there's no gray area. There's going to be no way where you can say, well, I didn't have the pieces around me. You've given him everything he needs to succeed, and now he has to go out and do it. So how much pressure now is on Tua, Ryan? You mentioned the pieces that they brought in. Of course, not just Tyreek Hill, but also Cedric Wilson, help in the backfield with Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert and protection with Teron Armstead. So how much pressure now is on Tua? Do you think that it's this season or bust? I felt like that coming into the season. I think this, I can't necessarily say that it alleviates pressure, but it alleviates a certain type of pressure. Um, It alleviates the pressure of feeling like you have to do it without the requisite skill around you or without things that you need to succeed. Uh, You add two offensive linemen, you add two running backs, you get Cedric Wilson, which I think is hugely underrated. When you look at what he was able to do in a limited capacity uh, with the Dallas Cowboys, uh, you have two of the fastest wide receivers in football. I mean, if they were the first two legs of a college uh, four by one, you would expect that you'd be in every race. (laughs) And these two guys are football players. And so, When you think about this team, you know, you truly now have everything you could possibly need offensively. And to me, if I'm to a tongue of Aloha, I feel like I'm back at Alabama a little bit. You know, at Alabama, when you have the Judys and the Smiths and, you know, some of these other players, the Waddles, you're like, oh, man, you know, like, this is easy. This is pitch and catch. Now it should be back to pitch and catch for Tua Tagovailoa also being able to hand the football off. And we're forgetting that Mike McDaniels coming from that Kyle Shanahan tree and the way that they can scheme plays, the way that they can call plays, and being able to kind of tutor and bring Tua Tagovailoa along in that sort of offense, I think sky's the limit for him if he can do it. Like, that's going to be the thing now. Like, we don't have to guess if he got the pieces around him. If Tua can play, we're going to find out. If he can't play, we're going to find out. And, I mean, that's all you can ask for if you're an elite-level competitor, which which I believe Tua Tagovailoa is. Hit him on Twitter, Real R. Clark 25, Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst, joining Amber Wilson and Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. I'm going to trampoline off the pressure question that Amber just threw out there. Who has more pressure? Is it Tua Tungabailo to make this work in Miami, or is it Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City trying to replace Tyreek Hill? Oh, it's Tua Tungabailo. Like, some people are made men. You think that if Andy Reid and this team don't win the West this year, they're going to be like, oh, my God, Andy Reid can't coach. No, we're not. You know, or if Patrick Mahomes doesn't win the MVP or isn't in top three MVP vote, I'm like, oh, my God, Patrick Mahomes can't play. No, we're not. (laughs) I think when you've proven things, when history is on your side, you have a little more leeway. Um, Coach Tomlin had this great saying that I always loved. I mean, he has a million of them. But he always said, you know what? Some people have more invested into my emotional bank account. And those people get the benefit of the doubt. Tua Tagovailoa hasn't done that for us. We haven't seen him do it on the big stage in the NFL. We haven't seen him 
quarterback a team or elevate a team in this league, whereas we've seen Andy Reid time after time after time, year after year after year, be a great football coach, have great offenses, have teams that win divisions, have teams that competes for championships, have teams that compete for Super Bowl and win Super Bowls. We've seen Patrick Mahomes be the best we've ever seen not only one year before a stretch of four years. And so we've seen those things. More pressure is – there's more pressure on to prove things sometimes than it is to keep them. And if there's a dip in Kansas City and they're trying to figure their way through losing Tyreek Hill, then I think we'll kind of be like, okay, Tyreek Hill was a big part of that. Now they're making an adjustment. Let's see what they do going forward. If Tua Tagovailoa doesn't produce this year – we're going to be talking about him maybe worse than we're talking about Baker Mayfield this year. And I'm going to tell you this, bro. It's a whole lot easier to get people to go to Miami to play football than it is to get them to go to Cleveland. So <laughs> well, if that seat gets a little bit too warm, somebody is sitting in it. <laughs> and Tyree Kill reportedly already lives down in Miami. So that might have helped in this equation yeah. as well. So the Chiefs lose Tyree Kill. They may be losing Tyron Matthew. Now, I know they didn't tag him. He could still go back to the Chiefs. He tweeted out something about ego today. I don't know what to make of that because he tweets a lot. <laughs> Are the Chiefs, if they lose these pieces, these key pieces, are the Chiefs then still the team at the top of the AFC West as much better as that division has gotten? Um, you know, I think this is, you know, these, these March predict where people are questions are kind of the questions I hate, you know, because everybody tries to win the offseason Super Bowl, but that's not how it works. You know, going into Patrick Mahomes' first year as the starter – no one could see that that's what he was going to be. No one was picking the Kansas City Chiefs in that offseason after losing Alex Smith, even though they were a playoff team that year, going, oh, my gosh, Patrick Mahomes is going to win the MVP. They're going to be absolutely phenomenal. They're going to play Tom Brady and, and the New England Patriots in the AFC Championship. And so you can't necessarily say where they are. What you do know is for the last four years, they have been head and shoulders above everyone in that division, and now that division has gotten better. Now that division has the Derek Carrs, the Justin Herberts, the Russell Wilsons in it. Now these teams that you look at the skilled players that Denver had and you say, you know what, they didn't necessarily play up to their potential because they were playing with Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. They have Russell Wilson, so we expect. Um, the Raiders have added Chandler Jones defensively opposite Max Crosby. They get Rocky Sin from the Indianapolis Colts. They add Devontae Adams. You think Josh Jacobs, Hunter Riverfro, Derek Carr, that's going to be perfect. Darren Waller, they're going to be better. Like, yes, you can, you can say that you predict or project all of these things to be a certain thing, but truly we're all just lying to ourselves that we know more than we, than we do. What we know is other teams have gone out and tried to make improvements, including the Los Angeles Chargers defensively, adding a J.C. Jackson, adding a, adding a Khalil Mack. But until these guys get on the field, we don't truly know. So until something's different and somebody's a better quarterback in the AFC West than Patrick Mahomes, I think we still have to count them amongst the favorites. Is the gap closing? Is it going to be more competitive? Have the other three teams gotten better? Hell yeah. But the Kansas City Chiefs right now are still king until proven otherwise. Uneasy mm-hmm. on the head lies the crown, but they like wearing that crown a lot like they've done the last four years, getting to four straight AFC championships. Always a pleasure to have Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst. Hit him up anytime you want on Twitter at RealRClark25. And you hit him up the wrong way, he's going to give it to you the right way. He joined Freddie Cohen and Amber Wilson on ESPN Radio. Always <laughs> a pleasure, good, brother. <laughs> it's true. Yes, I'm, I'm just reporting, Ryan. You know how you do it, and I'm glad you do it that way, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Great stuff by Ryan Clark. We're 20 minutes away from the NFL problem. 
that they won't and can't do anything about, and it involves Patrick Mahomes or the Kansas City Chiefs. That comes to you in about 20 minutes. But speaking of problems, that's what's going on in New Orleans with Zion Williamson, basketball dunks, and bouncy floors. That's next on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. ESPN Radio. He's Amber Wilson. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on ESPN Radio and ESPN+. Plus. And mark my words, in four years, the NFL is going to steal this from the USFL because they announced that they're going to have three-point conversions and the best of three overtime among the twists and rules. For example, scoring teams have a third option to attempt an extra point. A successful scrimmage play from the 10-yard line equals three points. A second option, Amber, to retain possession after scoring will be converting a fourth and 12 from a team's 33. And in overtime, each team's offense will alternate plays against the opposing defense from the two-yard line. Each successful scoring attempt will receive two points. The team with the most points at the three plates is going to win. I love the tiered options. Like just that alone, I love. Where you have to make a decision, are you going to go for one? Are you going to go for two? Are you going to go for three? Nevertheless, just trying to get it in from the 15-yard line to score those three points. And I wonder, Freddie, does this turn into basketball then eventually? Like if we institute this, which the NFL should, because this is brilliant Uh and this is so, so fun. And this will mean that, uh, you know, it could be a one-possession game and a nine-point game. Like it, it just changes everything for us. In terms of the competitive nature of the game, which who doesn't want more of that in football? So it's so much of what we love and it doesn't get rid of the extra point. So that's still an option for you if you want to take it, but it kind of diminishes the importance of that. But then I wonder, is the trajectory of the NFL then going to go like in, if they adopt this, then like in 20 years, are we going to see like all anybody ever does is the three point conversion because we're going to go for max points. And we realize, even though that's the hardest one to make statistically, like how the three points shot became the thing because it's all a numbers game right but i'm here for it i'm here for this to be a, a, a more difficult for coaches mm-hmm. because they have to yep. calculate all this and make these decisions and it just adds so much to the competition because if you're an nfl coach right now you're praying the nfl does not adopt this because the last thing you need is more pressure to do things on your plate when it comes to when to do this when not to do this and this will be around a lot longer than the USFL. I, I want the USFL to succeed, although I'm not a fan of spring football in terms of not NFL football. In two or three years, I wonder if the USFL is going to exist. But mark my words, Amber, the NFL is going to look at this. They may tweak it, but they're going to have this as part of their game because the more you can have potential betting on a fantasy football kind of things, it's only going to be good for the NFL. They'll be adopting this in about three to four years, and the USFL is over. I, I'm with you. I think so as well. I don't know what well, I'd feel bad saying when the USFL is over, but I wouldn't be surprised either. They're, they're trying to institute several changes in the USFL to differentiate it from the NFL. Of course, this is by far the most fun one. I, I really, really hope that this is something that the NFL does look into over the next few years. And if they don't, then NFL, what are you doing? But they've always been pretty good at two things, power and money. And those things add to their brand. The NFL is always paying attention and they always seem to make those things work. ESPN Radio. So we've seen Zion Williamson on the basketball court. It bounced and it got him up in the air. But would it be the only time we see Zion Williamson on the basketball court? The court bounced. Yes, the court. Yeah, the court bounced and Zion Williamson was bouncing a little bit because watch him jiggle. Anyway, just Google it, see what I'm talking about. Amber Wilson, that's her. Freddie Coleman, that's me on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series X and Channel 80, Tune in Radio, as well as ESPN Plus. And he put out a video yesterday that showed him dunking a basketball and all that other stuff. And Amber, I'll throw the question to you because I'm still trying to figure out the answer as well. When you saw that video, did you say to yourself, all right, Zion, what are we doing here? What's going on here? 
Of course I said that. Because what are we doing here, Zion? If you can get out on the court, then why aren't you getting out on the court for, you know, your team and trying to win them basketball games while actually they're still in the mix here in the NBA standings? Like, they're sitting at 10th. They're in a play-in type scenario, and you aren't there to help your team win. And that's absolutely your job. Not posting, you know, videos to go viral to just let us know that apparently you still got hops, even though it was on a padded, bouncy, very friendly court. And maybe that's because of the ankle injury. But we've had so few updates on Zion, Freddie, that it's been frustrating. And the Pelicans kind of operate as that, like that as an organization. And we didn't really know when he was having the surgery. We don't really know what's happening with this situation. What I do know is that Zion Williamson has seemed disgruntled about being in New Orleans since before the day that he got drafted to New Orleans. And that does not sit well with me, Mm -hmm. particularly considering all the problems that he has had staying on the floor. I understand that there was a guy there before him and Anthony Davis who had a similar sort of fate in wanting out and also having problems staying on the floor. But at least Anthony Davis proved himself in the league before he wanted to change the scenery. Zion Williamson hasn't done anything. Do something before you complain. Stay out there. Actually help your team win. Don't just show us your greatness in snippets. But if you are healthy right now and you can dunk a basketball between your legs, then why aren't we seeing you play? It's all about his brand because you make very fair and completely accurate points, Amber, but it's all about his brand. And honestly, Zion Williamson gave us a clue how he felt about the Pelicans. The day he was drafted, he was talking more about Models and the New York Knicks and playing in New York. And I said, that gave me all the reason to pause because I'm saying, you just got recruited being number one pick in the NBA draft. Why are you talking about another team that is not drafting you or is not even thinking about you? He gave everybody, Amber, an indication exactly where he stood or where the Pelicans stood with him. I don't think anybody should be surprised by what we've seen from Zion Williamson the minute that he had any kind of injury because he doesn't want to be in New Orleans anymore. He wants to play somewhere else, and that somewhere else is in New York with the New York Knicks. I just have no sympathy for it when you're coming into the league as the number one pick because – the Yes, the reward for being the number one pick is unfortunately, I suppose, going to a bad team. Now, right. given you get compensated and decorated for doing that. But hey, ask John Morant. It can work out if you get out there and you show your greatness as the number two pick. Like Zion didn't want the Pelicans. And if I'm the Pelicans right now, frankly, I'm really regretting the fact that Jaw wasn't mm-hmm. the pick and that Zion was. So I feel like we're at a point now where the Pelicans probably would do a do-over as well as apparently Zion would. But Memphis is not also an incredible market. Right by typical NBA standards, and look at what Jaw has done with that market. Get out there, lift this market up, Zion, and then if you want out afterwards, fine, but earn your second contract. I feel like Pelicans fans are just like Coach Klein at halftime the Bourbon Bowl. Does anybody got an idea? Anybody? When it comes to Zion's name with this organization, it seems to me he's already made up his mind. Amber Wilson, Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio. So problems in the NFL involving Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. That's next.